It is good to see you out tonight. Despite the blustery weather, we have a pretty good crowd here. And welcome to those online as well. If you're visiting with us for the first time, my name is Paul Graham. I'm the lead teaching pastor here at Lakeside. And uh, I just have a page and a half tonight. That's my gift to you. <laughs> Put it in context, Sunday morning is usually six to seven pages. So this will be brief. Um, the last few Sundays, it's been sort of an unusual but if you've been here, maybe not so unusual, uh, series leading into Advent. We've been talking about uh, how Christ meets us with his riches in our poverty, and specifically how Christ became poor in order to make us rich. And we don't necessarily like to think about all of that sort of poverty side of our life at Christmas, uh, but trust me, it's good news if we do. And our main verse as we meditated on this the last couple of weeks has been 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9, which reads, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that by his poverty might become rich. And we all experience poverty, right? A hundred different ways, at a hundred different times in our life. And I won't rehearse them all again, but if you're here, if you weren't here the last couple of weeks, uh, you can go back and listen to those messages. But if you were here, you'll remember the big ones. Um, some of us, any of us, at any given time, are struggling under a, a poverty or a lack of relationship, a poverty of compassion, a poverty of forgiveness, a, a poverty of opportunity, a poverty of health, you name it. We experience poverty in so many ways. But Jesus, in his advent, has moved into our poverty and exchanges it for riches. And this is just another way in which the Bible describes what has come to be known as the great exchange. Jesus comes to make a trade with us. He doesn't just take away, he gives. Jesus will take our poverty, our imprisonment, our shame, our guilt, our sin. Jesus lifts that from us if we trust in him. But he doesn't just take that away. That would be great news just on its own. It is great news on its own. That, that Jesus just lifts that guilt from us. That he takes away that shame. And that seems good enough where we stand. But he does more than that. We're, we're standing in the courtroom of God and, and we're there under the penalty because of the lack of our innocence, the, the purity of our lack of our purity, the lack of our righteousness. We're there in the debtor's office because we're bankrupt. And, and God sends Jesus not to simply say your sins are forgiven and your guilt is lifted, but he says beyond just being able to walk out of this courtroom guilt-free, he puts a mantle of his righteousness on us. And he says, take my inheritance. And he says, walk in my purity. And he says, shine with my glory. This is the great exchange. It's not just that we give to Jesus our guilt and our shame, but he gives us his righteousness and glory. It's traded. It's like if you're in that courtroom and the judge, Jesus comes in and takes the stand and declares you not guilty and you think, great, I can walk out of here. But then he stops you and he pins a medal of honor and he puts a king's robe on you and you walk outside and there's a parade of angels rejoicing for you. That's what Jesus does. That's the exchange that takes place. That's his poverty becoming our riches. Do you guys ever do the gift exchanges at Christmas, the, you know, the secret Santa thing around the office? Has anybody ever had a secret Santa? 
I've, I've always wondered at Microsoft, who gets Bill Gates? <laughs> like, does his name go into the hat at Microsoft offices, right? Or, or, or at Amazon? Like, does Bezos' name go into the hat? And you're just sitting there, you're working like the line, and you're like, I just hope I get Jeff. I hope I get Jeff. I hope I get Jeff. <laughs> right? Like, you hope that Bill Gates draws your name because you're going to get a really great secret Santa gift. <laughs> and in exchange, what are you going to get Bill that he doesn't already have? Right? But you know what? We already have a better and richer partner in our secret Santa who wants to do an exchange, and it isn't Bill Gates. And it isn't Santa. Listen to Ephesians 2, 4-9. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We're seated with Christ. So that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one can boast. You see, we have a rich God. And he's rich in grace and he's rich in love. And he, in his grace, has gone into a gift exchange with us. And said, I'll give you my son, and he will take all your guilt and all your shame and all your poverty. And in exchange, I will seat you with him in the heavenly places. And you will gain all of his riches. You see, he says it's by grace. It's by grace. And if you go back to that verse that I started with in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, we've talked about it for a couple of weeks. And we've talked a lot about the last half of that verse. That though he was rich, yet for your sake became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. Amazing truths, and we've talked about that. But did you catch the first part of the verse? Paul says to these Philippian friends of his, or sorry, his Corinthian friends, he says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. He just says, you know the grace. But but that could also be a question, because that is the question. Do you know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know that this is the grace that's offered to you, this great exchange, to take your poverty and exchange it for riches, that God is rich in mercy, and that by this grace that we are saved, and that by this grace we receive these things? You see, that, that's the question. We need to know this grace. And that's what all of us would want for anybody who doesn't know this grace tonight, is that you know it. That exchange happened. That took place at a point in history. The exchange began, and that's what we celebrate at Christmas. It's, it's one of the reasons that gifts are so appropriate as a means of celebration, not only because the wise men gave gifts to Jesus, but because Jesus is the gift of God. John 1.14 says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. You see, that exchange took place in history. The Word became flesh. Jesus became poor. That's the beginning of the exchange. That's the moment that Christ became poor for us so that we might become rich. 
Philippians chapter 2 says, this is my paraphrase, he did not think of his equality with God as a thing to be held tightly to, but he made himself like nothing. He became a slave. And he lowered himself even to the low point of death on a cross. That's the poverty that Jesus entered into. He became poor so that we might be rich. The promise of this exchanging work began in the Old Testament. You see, God has always been an exchanging kind of God in his promises. His promises read like this. He will, treat, he will turn grieving to dancing in Psalm 3011. He makes dry lands into wellsprings in Isaiah 41.18. He turns old bones into armies, Ezekiel 37.10. He turns ashes to beauty in Isaiah 61.3. He turns our wilderness into roadways in Isaiah 43.19. All these kinds of promises of God exchanging the old and the dead and the broken and the ashes and the grieving, he turns all of that into celebrating and dancing and goodness. And all of those kinds of promises of this exchanging, redeeming God of ours are fulfilled in Jesus. The New Testament repeats this same theme over and over and over again for us to see it. For you to see it, if you've not seen it yet. Jesus will exchange the darkness you live in for a kingdom of light, Colossians 1.13. He will exchange lies for truth, John 17.17. 17. He will exchange burdens for rest, Matthew eleven twenty eight. He will exchange our sinfulness for his righteousness, 2 Corinthians five twenty one. He will exchange our death with eternal life, 1 Corinthians 15, 21 to 22. Over and over and over again in the New Testament, we get this repeated theme. Jesus has come to exchange, to trade. He's going to take what you have, and he's going to trade it for something way better. It's the great exchange. There is no greater gift exchange in history. This puts our secret Santas to shame. In our life, we, if, if in our, there is no greater gift exchange in history that we could celebrate more, no exchange that we could desire more than what we have received or that we can receive this gift from God. This, this is the exchange that we celebrate. This is what Jesus has come to this earth to do. Jesus, the Son of God, who was divinity, eternity, purity, perfection, entered into our disordered world, not as a king on a throne, as he should have, as he had ever right to, but he came as a baby in a feeding trough. He came into the world not in a palace, but in a stable, not among the wealthy and the influential, but among the lowly and oppressed. He became poor so that we might become rich that I might become rich, that, that you might become rich. Rich how? <laughs> rich like in bags of money? No. Rich in truth, in light, in freedom, in honor, in righteousness, and in the age to come, richness in eternal life and presence and renewed relationship with our Creator, the God who loves us. This is Advent. This is what we celebrate at Christmas. This is why we give gifts, because we recognize this is the gift That God has given us in Jesus Christ. And that that gift came in the form of poverty. So that we might become rich. Let's pray. Father God. We thank you for this truth that we've sort of been rehearsing the last few weeks. Coming into Christmas. And coming out of Philippians. That Jesus humbled himself. That he became poor. That he became a slave. That he took on the mantle of our disordered 
and sinful and rebellious lives, even while we were yet enemies, he did this. And he did all of that so that he could exchange our shame and our guilt and our poverty for his righteousness and his honor and his freedom and his purity and his life. Father God, help us to recognize, not in a woe is me kind of way, not in a how terrible I am kind of way, but help us to recognize our poverty in the sense that we really are lacking what we need, our deepest desire and our deepest need, and it's Christ Jesus. Jesus says the simplest parable, the kingdom of God is like a treasure buried in a field. And a man discovered it, he went, he sold all that he had to buy that field. Father, in our poverty, your son is the greatest treasure. And there is nothing of any worth that we can lose that does not pale in comparison of gaining Christ. So, Father, we just celebrate that tonight. We celebrate the advent of your Son. We celebrate that that is the point in history when that exchange started taking place and it would end at the cross. When he willingly said, I will go so that they may be free. Father God, we just thank you for this truth in Christ's name. Amen.